Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and this is Beyond Synth, episode 167. Is that true? Anyway, uh, this is uh, Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And uh, last weekend was great. The Midnight came to Toronto. It was a good show. I'll tell you a bit about that. Then Dance with the Dead the next night with Lamatos opening. And uh, Mellow Fields did a little set at the beginning of that show. So that was cool. And today, the day that this episode is uh, airing on Power 85, Friday, um, FM 84 is playing. And so I might not be in the chat room today because... I might be at the FM84 show, but we'll see. Maybe I'm here. Who knows? I don't know what's going on, man. It's crazy. So how about we listen to a track, get this show started, and then I'll tell you all about the show. So here's one from a dude called Douglas Holmquist. This track is called The Emerald Electric.
And that was the Emerald Electric by Douglas Holmquist. And that's brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. Let's actually look here. We got a new donor this month, Tom Hansen. Thanks, Tom Hansen, for supporting Beyond Synth. Lucas Ceballos has upgraded his support. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Lucas Ceballos is now in the $25 club, which means uh, you get to request a song. And... We'll play that in a second. So the uh, the midnight show was uh, was a lot of fun. The lighting was great. I did get a chance to talk to the guys, and we will hear that in the near future. It was a good time. The lighting was fun because there was a lot of uh, purple and blue and pink lights and stuff, and at times it almost looked like synthwave art. You know, like the art by signal noise. Uh, there was moments where, you know, the purple and the blue lights were so bright that the shadows were even sort of hues of blue and, and purple, you know, like you see in synthwave artwork, and so it looked really great, and I was super stoked that people were so excited for the saxophone bits. I mean, you know how I feel about the saxophone. I don't love it, but there is saxophone stuff I do like, and that is the song in Lost Boys and what the Midnight do. Their sax guy, who's this Danish dude, who is not the guy who performs with them. They have a different guy who performs a live show, but he's so good. Like, he's spot on. He plays the notes exactly as you hear him on the album. I think he changed a bit of stuff for like the solo-y parts but you know he hits the right notes and the crowd got really excited about it and it was fun to see because most of the time I always see like dark wave shows and things and it was cool to see a crowd that was there to see the midnight and to get so excited every time the saxophone was on and stuff and it was a good time so look we're talking to street cleaner today we're going to get to that in a little bit uh we have a new segment today with computer magic called what you playing although i think you'll hear us come up with the name of the segment during the segment and uh, that's going to be a new segment we do every now and again with computer magic and we'll do that in a bit and we'll talk to jared from retro revolutions for a few minutes now let's listen to another song here's something from kowski 2000 from the Kowski 2000 EP this is on the run
And that was On the Run by Kowski2000. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, the king of the Pattersons this month, Pattern Shift. Go check out the music of Pattern Shift at bandcamp.com slash pattern shift. And then we've got Jacob Wick with the 4488. Jacob Wick is a very magical and special man for supporting Beyond Synth the way he does. He goes above and beyond the call of duty and that is pretty cool. All right, let's go chat with Jared real fast from Retro Revolutions. All right, well, it's time for a Retro Revolutions Minute here. I'm with Jared. How's it going, buddy? Hey, great, mate. You finally put out part three of the consoleized Atari Lynx, and it was cool. It's got, like, a paint job, and it's going to PAX or something? Yeah, uh, the Australian version of PAX, which you guys have in America, it's a big gaming exhibition. be in the Retro Gaming Exhibit. So people can come along and play it and stuff. It'll be pretty awesome. Basically, just for the audience to know, so Retro Revolutions, you like mod old consoles and do things with them. So this one was you took an Atari Lynx and turned it into a console. Who were the other people involved in um, sort of bringing this thing to life? So you got Logan from Neon Vision, who's a Kiwi guy over in Tauranga. He's a graphic designer. He did all the box work. Yeah, he's been on the last few. And then we had Extreme Consoles in England who I deal with quite a lot. And they did all the 3D printing and some the paintwork for me and I just solely went on with the electronics because it was a very complicated build. At what point did you have the finished painted console from Extreme Console? Like was that just is that the very last step or did that come like halfway through when you were still doing like circuit shit? Well I had it all finished and got the console back and then it blew up so I basically had to rebuild the whole thing from scratch so the shell was like sitting there looking at me for about a month just taunting me to finish it so it was pretty bad I had to get one imported from England it was about 600 bucks that sent me broke because the client already paid for his one and I blew his one up so I was just like I had to bite the bullet and do it for him and you said Extreme Consoles did he also do the 3D printing of the cartridge slot thing yeah so he does all the form work and stuff I'll be working with him on a couple more episodes actually the Kallax one's going to have some 3D printing on it as well so the guys are pretty big they do work for like Ubisoft and companies like that so now that this one's complete so how was the build overall like looking back on the experience yeah it's really really good um trying at times but when i got the finished result the feedback was overwhelming it just made it onto an article called hacker day which is a really really big website so i was pretty pretty impressed with that to be honest so this thing still would actually run atari Lynx games right like there wasn't like a retro pie or any sort of thing inside this right there's a retro pie as well oh okay you can flick a switch over and it plays retro pie so like you've got nintendo nes sega games all that stuff but it's a dedicated console for atari Lynx. i just put the pie in it so it wasn't so limited is there still like jacks for the usb for the the pie yeah um it's actually being put in but i'm just gonna fit a jack to it when i get to australia okay because the client wanted it but he has his own pie so I've wired the circuitry for it and everything he's just got to sit it in when he gets it oh, okay so it's already been sent over to Australia well that's cool so then what's uh what's the next thing what's the next build you're working on I'm tossing up between doing the the two Game Boy builds for the midnight or the Kallax one at the moment. It just depends which parts get here first, but relatively speaking, I think it will end up being the Midnight's Game Boy first. Have you said what that's going to be, or is that still like a surprise? Um, well, one of them's been revealed. It's just a Game Boy Color with a backlight and a pie in it and some other stuff. With the Game Boy build, then, are you going to put in an actual... Because I know there's different types of retro pies. Like, there's like the kind of the mini ones, and then there's just like the regular one. Like, are you just going to put a regular one in there? Uh, probably a mini one, but I might go a Raspberry Pi 3B. 
which is your most modern one. Okay. But um, after that, we're doing the other one. I can't really tell you. It's a surprise, but it's pretty good if you're if you're a Nintendo fan. Cool. It's a bit of a super console. Cool, man. Well, look, uh, it's good catching up with you. People should go check out Retro Revolutions on uh, what Twitter and yeah, Twitter and Instagram, and I'm on Facebook under Jared Green. You can just flip me a message. Got any music you want on the show? I'm more than happy to look at it and try and put it on there for you. It's been quite good. That's one of the things that actually joy enjoy most about the show is, to be honest, is putting the music with it. It's all right, dude. Well, listen, you get a bed because I know it's late over there in New Zealand. Yeah, 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's a good catching up with you, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you later. All right, and that was Jared from Retro Revolutions. Don't forget to check out um, all the links to Retro Revolutions because it is uh, stuff you should watch if you're into that sort of thing, console modifications and stuff. Retro Faith Games on Twitter, at Retro underscore Revolutions on Instagram. And uh, that segment was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Clint Dowling, who I bumped into at the Midnight Show. So that was fun to finally meet him. I recognized his hat. And then I met his wife, and I think she's trying to convince me to DJ some pool party or something. She's a very um, no-bullshit lady. She was like, you're going to do it. And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, you're going to do it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so look forward to a really poorly DJed pool party sometime next year. And, uh, and also the lovely Chris Williams, also in the $25 Club. Thanks for your support. Let's listen to another track. Well, uh, I saw Mellow Fields play a set before the Dance with the Dead show, and it was good. Here's a track from Mellow Fields. This is Wage of Destruction. <laughs>
And that was Wage of Destruction by Mellow Fields, brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Emilio Astavez and Christian James. If you want to uh, join them in supporting Beyond Synth, go to uh, patreon.com slash beyond synth and help the show out, man. Every little bit helps. So how about this? Let's go catch up with Computer Magic for a new segment on Beyond Synth. This is... Hey, Dan's, what you playing? Or something like that. All right, so what should we call this segment? <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking like, uh, what you playing? Yeah, what you playing, Dan? Is, is what you playing okay? <laughs> All right, wait, are you gonna are you gonna have like a little jingle? Like, what's Dan's playing? <laughs> if you need something, I can make something funny and awesome. Well, then I want you to. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, that's not bad. I should remind the listeners that people call you Dan's. People call me Dan's. That's my nickname. <laughs> well, here we are. We're in, uh, we're doing what you playing with computer magic, aka Dan's. Hello. Hi. How you been? Good. How's it going? It's okay. Do you want to pretend like we just weren't talking for an hour and Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's your night going? <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's good to hear from you after so long. Yeah. So listen, I always try and find ways to spice up uh, Beyond Synth. And so I like bringing more voices in and people to come chat about stuff. And uh, a lot of my listeners said they really enjoyed the Computer Magic show. So I was like, oh, what can I talk to... uh what could I talk to Dan's about? And I remembered we were playing video games and we we're talking about video games and stuff. And I know you're you're still sort of an, an active gamer, right? I, I am. When I have the time, when I'm not making tunes, I'm playing games. So I thought we would do a, a little segment here where you come on. You can let me know what you're playing because I think for the most part, you're playing a lot of games that I'm not. So you can tell me all about them. Yes. Yeah, so I just got the Switch six months ago or so. I played Breath of the Wild, which I really enjoyed. And I didn't beat the game completionist, but I defeated Ganon. But then after that, I wanted to find a game that I would get really involved in. And someone had recommended Xenoblade Chronicles, too. And I hadn't played any of the Xenogear Saga games or anything like that. So I was completely new going into Xenoblade Chronicle 2. And that game I just beat last week. I think I spent like 150 hours or so on it. When you have the time. When I have the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but this, is what I, this, is, this is what I do. Mm. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, my profession allows me to decide my own hours. I know the word Xenoblade. Yeah. And I read a lot of video game news almost more than I play. Like, you know, whenever I in the morning, like my morning paper routine, which is to go on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at movie news and I look at video game news. And even though I buy like one new game every like two months or something. Yeah. So I don't think I know anything about Xenoblade. You don't know anything. Did you ever play like Xenogear? No. Is there a picture of a guy with a sword? Is there a big sword in it? Well, the, yeah. Like, so, so okay. So the, the, the main, like the protagonist is like, his name is Rex and he has a big sword 
in the game. It's very like anime, kind of cute.、Uh, actually, some of the characters were made by can't think of his name, but the same guy who made a lot of the characters in Final Fantasy made some of the characters in Xenoblade Chronicles too. And you can tell like which characters he made because they're like tough. Tall guys. <laughs> I played a little bit of Final Fantasy 15. Well, I, I used to have a PlayStation last year, but then I sold it because to get the Switch, I want. I'm going to get a new PlayStation eventually. But some of the characters were made by the guy who made a lot of Final Fantasy characters. But it's like a very cute game, but also. Uh, I don't know. It's really fun. It's really the st- the story, especially because before Xenoblade, I played Breath of the Wild, and I loved that game. But the story in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, I felt like I was just immersed, and that's probably why I spent so many hours on it. <laughs> so, do you do the sword swings, or is it turn based? It's not turn based. So it's like just like you have you're like auto attacking. The battles are very intricate. At first, I was like, I'm never gonna learn how to play this. It's too hard. If you watch the people battle in Xenoblade, there's so many things going on at the at the same time of like the arts that you use and like just the combos that you're using. So like on the top right hand side, you'll have like these seals that you have to perform with your arts, right? So like if、uh, so. Okay, <laughs> so Re- okay, so Rex. So I'm so say I'm playing as Rex, right? Rex is a driver, and he can have three blades equipped to him. What does that mean? He's a driver. What does that mean? So the story is is very intense in Xenoblade. So Rex is a driver, which basically means like he can he fights for good. He's like fighting for like the good side, and he has these things called blades. And blades originate from a core crystal, <laughs> and so you can find these core crystals, just like little crystals around.、Mm. And from these core crystals, you can resonate with them, and、uh, you can awaken these blades.、Mm. So, so Rex, for instance, has without giving like anything away from the series, because you have this person pretty much automatically. So Rex's first blade is this girl called Pyra. And you wouldn't be surprised. Pirate, her element is fire. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So, so Zeno blade is not a sword. No. So the blades are little elemental creatures that. The blades are these these creatures fighting for you. They're like human beings that resin that come from a core crystal that are like you know they have your back. So like my blades are like I fight with this girl Pyra, this other girl Cora. Her her element is like lightning, and then this bird,、uh, his name is Rock. And their blades. Do they have stories? Yeah, they all have their own stories. So they're more than just weapons. Yeah, they're more than. The, well, that actually is the entire story. Because the blades are like. So what happens is when the driver dies, the blade also go, goes back to their core crystal, and、mm. they forget everything that that ever happened. Except one who remembered, right? Did one remember?、Uh, well, you'll see in the story. But what happens is right. So Rex has a blade, <laughs>、mm-hmm. and then if and then if Rex were to die, if a driver dies, his blades turn, return back to their core crystal, and then the next driver who comes in contact with a core crystal can awaken the blade, and the blade's like brand new, and they're like the mass. The,、uh, that driver is the master of that blade. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love. I just. I love how nerdy this is. This is amazing. But we have to. Uh, we got to take a break and listen to a song. Uh, I have some more questions to uh, to ask you, but we'll do it after the song. So here is. A cool track from Dream System 8. This is Jenny's Ocean Drive. Was Jenny's Ocean Drive by Dream System 8. Brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Mike, Shima, and Joey and Kim. 
Kendra. Those people are all awesome. And we're back here with Computer Magic, a.k.a. Dan's. And uh, we're talking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2, or at least you are. And you said something about how when the driver dies, the blades go back into their core crystal until some other driver gets the crystal and, like, awakens the blades or whatever. So when the blade gets woken up again, are they, like... Are they still in the same form? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. They're the same. So, like, it would be Pyra like again memory- with a different dude, but they just yes. wipe their memory? Like, they don't... If, yes. it, if it's, like, a bad guy, does Pyra show up, but she's got, like, punk rock hair now? No, it's... A, no, they're the same. Okay. They just, like, their memories are erased, and they're like, oh, hey, I'm your blade. What do you need me to do for you? So, it's, like, the, the whole story is, like, about the blades and the human slash driver's interaction and like you know the blades are kind of like you know we want to we want to remember we don't just want to be these things that work for you and that's kind of the whole story but it's even more than that because blades that's this whole thing like so the the world is basically (laughs) i just want to say i love this is turning out to be probably the nerdiest segment (laughs) that i've ever done on this show but continue (laughs) okay so the world that (laughs) the world that you reside in is a sphere it's a cloud sea so basically if you can imagine if the earth was just like shrouded in in clouds like the the earth was just an ocean of clouds Mm -hmm. that's basically what your map is it's just like a cloud sea and then there's these things called titans that are these giant rock formations that fly that people live on and there's a way these rock formations that that are alive that are living floating around the cloud sea they tie into the story of the blades but i don't want to give anything away if if anybody's going to play the game because that's something you learn later on but all right so the bottom line is this It's a great game. We should play it. (laughs) I would say don't get discouraged by the fighting because I was and I watch YouTube videos because it's not like you won't get it right away at all. Like I got I probably really understood how to do well in battle, like playing 30 hours, 40 hours. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I got it now. (laughs) So it's like you won't get it right away. But once you get it, it's so interactive and it's like, um, like I have ADD like I literally have ADD so I feel like I'm like <laughs> just like having to pay attention to so many things I'm supposed to be doing at once makes my brain at ease I'm like oh great there's just so many things I have to pay attention to right now but I don't know it's really fun I would recommend it. What should your review object metaphor be? You know, like, uh, I, I give this three Xeno gears out of five, you know? Oh, well, how many? Like, uh, is it like five? Or would you rather do ten? Uh, would you rather just do thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, like Roger Ebert or Yes, whatever? like Roger Ebert. <laughs> the only man <laughs> in the world who ever had thumbs. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's kind of like just so black and white because I could be like two thumbs up or one thumb you know i think i need like a, a like a star system all right to, to make it um so i'll do <laughs> <laughs> but they can't be stars it has to be like something more interesting than that right like how rotten tomatoes has tomatoes what's a, what's something you like what's something that you feel like is intrinsic to you personally maybe i'll just comb through your instagram and see if there's like a picture of you holding something and just like isn't that a thing you like so just probably like stupid selfies yeah <laughs> <Or> like, <laughs> how, how many stupid selfies out of 10 <laughs> no oh god no um <laughs> it's a my instagram is basically like either me 
posing like a dumb picture of me or like synthesizers or something. It's either one <laughs> or the other. Uh, I don't know. What can we give it? I feel like Stars is boring, but like it's the only thing I can think of right now. We'll do Stars until I think of something better. How exactly. That? That's what's exciting about these segments because when we make new segments, <laughs> you know, they, they get to evolve over time and they get to morph and change and, and the audience gets to be along for the ride. Along for the ride. Uh, okay, so... I would give Xenoblade Chronicles 2 a... <laughs> can I give half? Like, a half of a star? Or you do can do whatever you want. That's what's exciting about this. I'm going to give it... You're giving it nine eight. and a half, aren't you? Oh, eight and a no, half. No, I was going to okay. give it eight and a half. And this is why. This is why. Because okay. the fighting... It's a battle is really difficult in the beginning. But I guess, like, it that kind of intrigued me more. So maybe that's, like, a good aspect of the game. I don't know. <laughs> Because <laughs> it made me like want to like learn how to do it better, but yeah, maybe maybe even nine. It was definitely I spent more time on this game than many than a lot of other games, and I don't know how long, but it, it was I really like that game so. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I highly recommended. All right, sweet. Well, that was uh, the computer magic review of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up. All my thumbs up. <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Well, it was good uh, it was good talking to you, man, and we'll uh we'll talk to you in a few weeks time and you can review something else. All right. Sounds good. Have fun. I don't know what I'm I don't know what this voice is. Sorry. You have you have fun too. <laughs> All right, and that was Dan's, a.k.a. Computer Magic, with What You Playing. And that segment was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. In the $15 Club, Action Jackson, Ken Jeru, Hampus ML, and with the $14.95, Chatterack. And uh, thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. So we're going to go talk to Street Cleaner right now. But before we do, we'll listen to one more song. This was requested by Lucas Ceballos from the $25 Club. And Lucas wants to listen to Feel the Rush Tonight by Laserhawk featuring Gunship. And so that's what we're going to do. And hey, Gunship's album just came out last week. So it all ties in beautifully. So Lucas... Lucas says, play this song. There wasn't any accompanying text. Uh, Well, he said, uh, if you haven't played this lately, I'll choose something else. But I haven't played. I don't think I've played this song on the show. Have I? I should consult my list. Anyways, it doesn't matter because it's cool. This one's for you, Lucas Ceballos. This is Laserhawk. Feel the rush tonight. Featuring Gunship.
And that was Feel the Rush Tonight featuring Gunship by Laserhawk. And that was requested by lovely Patreon supporter Lucas Ceballos. And if you want to be as cool as Lucas and help support Beyond Synth, you can go to beyondsynth.com and there's a button right on the website that says support the show. Click on that and it'll take you right to the Patreon. And it's all my lovely Patreons that make this show possible. And of course, we will never forget uh, with the 1111, the immortal Chris Lyalane. And now we can go chat with Street Cleaner. All right. Well, I am here with Street Cleaner. Yeah, brother. How's it? <laughs> Feels great to be back in this third circle. Yeah. How's it going, man? Jesse, right? Jesse. Yeah. Fantastic. I, I just realized that uh, I've heard hours upon hours, hundreds of hours of your voice, and I think this is the first time you're hearing mine. Yeah, man. I was tempted to come in with a, uh, hello, I'll have the chicken or something, you know, like... <laughs> I mean, it's a great line to come in on, regardless <laughs> yeah. of what voice it is. Today, I just, speaking of that, I just watched videos of Val Kilmer, as he is now. <laughs> okay. Well, this, this ties in. Val Kilmer had throat cancer. Yes. And he had, like, some surgeries done. And now he sounds, like, the way his mouth moves, like, I think his tongue is all swollen in his mouth, and his teeth are kind of close together, and his and his voice is, like, a couple octaves higher. Wow. And he, he sounds like a, like a cartoon character. So he doesn't sound like, he sounds like Batman the Animated Series, if it were done by filmation. Dude, it's very interesting, because I didn't know that was the case. Like, I know there was all these, like, kind of tabloid photos of him going like oh what's why has he got this fucking thing around his neck and stuff and then uh, now it's like when he talks he sounds like a chipmunk kind of ah uh, so rough i'm very curious to see what they do with the top gun sequel because they're gonna have to write that into the plot yeah there's no way around it unless they get somebody else to do his voice every now and then you, you know you hear about different celebrities and i don't want to be one of those people that's insensitive to you know oh this celebrity does that like when uh, michael douglas got throat cancer he had a hilarious story to go along with it. Mm-hmm. How he said he got it was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but but then there's people like Patrick Swayze and Val Kilmer where where I mean I really hits me in the gut because like I grew up idolizing these guys and Val Kilmer's such a sweetheart, you know, he's such a such a good dude. Like Mad Mardigan was my idol growing up, you know, and I've still to this day will run around chasing my kids going, you know, peck, 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 yeah. peck, you know, and, you know, reading, like, he talks so much on Reddit, and, and he's so open about his, like, life, and, and how things were, and the movies he's been in, and all that kind of stuff, and, and then to hear, you know, see the cancer thing happen, it's like, God, that just sucks. Yeah, like, he's, uh, he's alive. Yeah. So I guess that's the one thing, but he definitely, I have no idea how they're going to not acknowledge it, so I bet you, for the people who are just like, oh, I can't wait to see, like, Top Gun, to see, like, the the guys back together again like the storyline is going to be he crashed a plane for sure absolutely that's gotta be it yeah there's going to be no way around it because even the way he moves there's sort of like a stiffness like his head doesn't turn super fast it's like you know when he when he's talking it's like his head and his shoulders sort of move at the probably agonizing way to start this interview off really depressing (laughs) well no because he did that voice (laughs) 
You did that voice, and then I literally just saw the video a few hours ago of Val Kilmer on a radio show talking, and it was it was very interesting, and it just got me thinking, like, how are they gonna how are they gonna do it? But whatever, we can yeah. move, we can move along. Val Kilmer's cool. Welcome to Beyond Simp. Yeah, I hope man. You don't want to have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you've listened Kevin to the show. Spacey in the news again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with his spacey hands. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about doing this show because um, for the people who actually listen to the show and support the show and stuff and then when they come on even though I say it in every episode how no one no one knows which direction the interview is going to go I don't think it ever truly hits people until we start talking for the first time yeah there's people who get excited to come on the show and they you know they've been listening for a few years and I'm sure they've got like things they've prepped or like oh I can tell that funny story about this and this and then the second we start talking it just <laughs> just goes in this yeah. complete stupid direction well, yeah you know I listen I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff it's just a good way to kill time or you know during a driver or work or something like that and usually you know like uh two to three people in a chat room or something like that and one guy's like uh i got a new 20-sided die and uh it's made for the company <laughs> you know and then another guy chimes in with like uh uh, subscribe to Loot Crate today, and it's like, and there's these these no charismatic dudes, mm-hmm. you know. But yet, I still listen to it. Then I listen to Beyond Synth, and you've got the you've got the it factor, my man. <laughs> like I just know that whoever you talk to, you're gonna pull the best stuff out of them. It's just really fun. Speaking of which, um, we do have a, a lovely loot crate uh, this month. The box is in the shape of a big dick. <laughs> yes. And uh, it's, <laughs> I'll do a whole oh, video man. just explaining how great the box is. Leave a comment and it'll enter you in a raffle to win a new hemorrhoid album. Oh, dude, I would love. <laughs> yeah, I remember because Marco played that stupid hemorrhoid track. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm feeling mirth right now. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to say it. Although the the cover was good, it was a good cover. Oh yeah, Hemroid's a cool guy. Yeah, I know him. I've known him for a while. Good guy. I would love uh, some of that that sweet loot crate cat crack crash crash. Fuck me, <laughs> loot crate cash. I don't know if they even do they get cash or do they just get free loot crates. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, everybody. Every seems like every podcast has one for that one meal delivery service where you get a box with an onion in it and a recipe. Blue Apron. Yeah, Blue Apron, and then you got okay. Here they are. Blue Apron, Warby Parker for the glasses, the bed, uh, the bed. Yeah, the ghost bed or something. Oh, right? fuck. Or- there's, there's two bed ones. There's Lisa Mattress and fuck, there's another one. Is that Lisa Mattress? Like I'm going to get a lease on a mattress? It's not spelt like the name Lisa. I think it's spelt like L-E-E-S-A. And then there's, so there's glasses, there's Lisa, there's Blue Apron, there's Audible. Yeah, Audible. <laughs> Hear Gilbert Godfrey read Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating because when you listen to a lot of podcasts, it's like it's like the same five companies. MeUndies. MeUndies yeah, MeUndies. That's right. MeUndies yeah. and uh, Bonobos. Yeah, but I think it's also because there's a company. There's a, I think it was designed by the people who do Comedy Bang Bang. They produced this other company that is sort of like an aggregator of podcast advertising. And so it's like you can sign up to them and then advertisers go to that company. So Comedy Bang Bang was just like had to exist so they could get this other thing going. Kind of like how McDonald's is actually a real estate company. and (laughs) They are. (laughs) It's possible. And I mean, uh, the point is you hear all the same damn ads. I mean, like that's the, the thing. And so like if any podcast signs up to this service, that's why. And so they all read the same text. And so sometimes even now I find it even more cringy when the hosts try and look, 
If I was signed up for this thing, I would do the same damn thing. I just want to say that now, <laughs> just in case <laughs> in like two years time, I got like advertisers and like, but uh, you know how people try and put their own spin on it. Yeah. And at first I thought, Hey, this is what makes a good podcast is when they put their own spin instead of just reading the text. But then after a while, I got really sort of fed up with the spin on, cause you've just heard this thing advertised by 50 different people. And so when there's like the other person going like, I'm going to put my spin on this ad, it's like, fuck you. Just read the damn thing and move also, on. Also, when they put put their spin on it it tends to go on long yeah 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 like when they just read the text i know okay, i can skip forward x amount of whatever yeah yeah. yeah i'll skip through ads i'm sorry i'm a jerk if i like you i'll hit your patreon speaking of i am a donator of the beast yes i know brother it's very exciting well how about this we'll talk more about that in a second We'll, we'll devote this entire interview to why people should donate to Beyond Synth. But first, we are going to go back in time to 2013 oh, no. to uh, the album Street Cleaner. Oh, my gosh. And uh, and this is a cool song. This is Night Scrambler by Street Cleaner. We'll be right back. 
And that was Night Scrambler by Street Cleaner. And I'm here with Street Cleaner right now, Mr. Jesse Bishop. It's Jesse Bishop, right? Oh, yeah, from the top turnbuckle. You better hear it, Meet and Gene. It's coming at you. The cream will rise to the top. I just read this, and again, this is old news because this interview will come out months later, but didn't uh, Hulk Hogan get put back in the Hall of Fame or something? Well, he has enough money now. Is that how you get into the... Can I, can I be in the WWF Hall of Fame if I fucking... Sorry, WWE. Yeah, that's a hard one for, you know, through your brain. Like, you learn things a certain way, like, you know, Pluto is the ninth planet and stuff like that. Although it's been, you know, uh, forever... You still say things like, you know, oh, yeah, I've been nine planets and WWF and yeah. stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought those are the two. Is, they- <laughs> <laughs> is this how, like, like ultra hardcore conservatives feel? I'm sorry to get political, but they're like, you know, oh, I remember when hamburgers were a nickel. No, I, I honestly, that's, I feel like that lately. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's happening. I'm not a conservative dude. But man, lately I just feel like I feel like one. Yeah, stop rebooting our cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, did you see what the fucking new Thundercats looks like? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I did. And you know what? I'll, I'll I'll say this. I love Teen Titans Go. I like the old Teen Titans, but when they rebooted it, you know, a year later or two years later or whatever, uh, as Teen Titans Go. I, I love it. Yeah, my son loves Teen Titans. I I think it's okay. Like, uh, it doesn't bug me as much as the other shows that uh, he watches. Yeah. But the thing is, I have no attachment to Teen Titans at all, like, as a thing. Yeah, So true. I can just watch Teen Titans and go, yeah, whatever. Like, that's fine. But if, like, it's the way I used to feel about every time they would come up with a new Batman cartoon. Because Batman the Animated Series is one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm on you. I'm with you on that. And every time they would come up with a new one, I would just be like, "What is up with the art style of this one?" There was like this one called yeah. The Batman, and he kind of had like a, a weird, like kind of round head, and these very big eyes and tiny ears, and like I just didn't like the the art style. Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond is the only one that to me was acceptable, only because it was sort of in the same style as Batman the Animated Series. Or how about Batman the Brave and the Bold, where they got Dietrich Bader to do the voice of Batman? That was a trip. Yeah, because my son was big into that cartoon for a few years. And there was actually some episodes of that show that were okay. But it's just weird because what I like about Batman has not been replicated in animated form since the animated series. And so there's these other ones that are like, they're okay. They're interesting. Like Batman the Brave and the Bold actually has some good episodes. And some of them are actually kind of pretty serious. But, you know, it's got that art style. So it's yeah. it's tricky. You know, even the Justice League cartoon was pretty decent. I think they did Batman Justice in there. Um, I'm a huge Batman fan. I love Batman. I mean, I based Street Cleaner, obviously, off of a lot of Batman stuff, you know, uh, the whole vigilante thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Justice League series, um, there was one episode in particular where, uh, you know, they're trying to get information out of this goon. Superman's like, I'll use my laser eyes on you or something. You better tell me what, what we need to know. And he's like, you, you better kill me. I'd rather die than tell you. And so Batman's like, let me at this. So Batman walks over and whispers in his ear. And, and it does, you don't see what it, you don't hear what Batman's saying, but he just whispers something in his ear. And all of a sudden the guy says, I'll tell you everything you want to know. I'll tell you everything <laughs> you want to know. So everybody looks over at Superman to, you know, because Superman's got that super hearing thing. And they're like, what did he say? And Superman's like, uh, you don't want to know. And I was just like, yes, that is the Batman that I love. That is, <laughs> that is it. That's excellent writing. I do watch a lot of current cartoons and stuff like that with the kids and stuff, but 
I just feel like we're kind of missing that. Everything's just like, haha, there's a chicken laying an egg and it fell on a guy's head. Woobity woobity. Well, the thing with Justice League, because I have watched a few episodes, it has a really terrible title sequence, doesn't it? Not memorable, I guess I could say, because I don't remember it. They just took like still images and like kind of moved them sideways and up and down <laughs> like it was like done in Photoshop. Like it just, yeah. it was really like, poor. Like old He-Man cartoons where it's just one still and <laughs> just kind of shaking around the screen a little bit. Yeah, but it's worse than that because there's something worse about it when it's all done digitally. What I miss about sort of old cartoons when I watch the new ones is everything is very clean and crisp. Yeah. All the cartoons, like, because they're painted digitally now and so it kind of bugs me a bit. Like, when I go back and watch, like, older cartoons, there's, like, a bit more grit and grain in them and stuff like that and it's that same argument with, you know, new special effects versus old special effects and there's something more tangible about old cartoons and I think it's, like, the film grain. Sometimes there's, like, scratches and dust on the screen and stuff and the new ones are just too clean you know what's weird i don't know why in this era of um nostalgia and people putting like vhs filter on stuff and uh, film grain and stuff like i don't know why they don't do that in cartoons add a bit of digital aging to them you know what though have you seen the new ducktales i've seen scenes of it they they do a little bit of that it's obviously all you know computer animated and stuff but they they throw in little artifacts kind of give it an airbrush look in a way the little ink smears and stuff okay you know i i like it i think they did a good job i mean i'm a huge ducktales fan as well so like watching uh you know all these old stories get repurposed for uh i guess the next generation Mm. is uh pretty neat yeah i used to watch uh, ducktales when i went home for lunch which is so (laughs) weird because i don't think i could do that now as a kid like when i was in grade one i was walking home from school to go eat lunch and come back to school and i was six wow and i don't know that you can do that anymore yeah like i I feel like there's like a certain age i don't even know i don't even know if my kid can walk home from school legally I feel like parents like you have to pick up your kids until they're a certain age yeah and if there's a substitute teacher or something like that they're gonna be like no I'm gonna need to see your ID ID like I mean I lived in a small town granted a small town but it's yeah something's something's different because uh, I walked home since the age of six that's a trip I was going to look on the website and see if there's an actual legal thing that says like you know a kid cannot walk home by themselves unless they are a certain age and I'm, I'm gonna look that information up and maybe we'll find out by the end of the show this very important information (laughs) i think we need more street cleaners out there you know to keep the place safe well yeah man well speaking of which let's listen to some more street cleaner how about that here's a track from a shutdown from 2015 and this is called escape clause by street cleaner
And that was Escape Clause by Street Cleaner. And I'm here with Street Cleaner right now, Mr. Jesse Bishop. That's me. How <laughs> <laughs> do I come in with that? That's, oh, man. That's me. <laughs> so, are you a big fan of Vigilante Justice or what? I am. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Vigilante Justice. I feel like, uh, especially films, everybody says, oh, I like horror movies or I like this movie, I like that movie, and people, you know, and I, it's hard to say, like, I found that I love movies where people get revenge. Not that there's any specific thing that I want to do personally in my life. It's just the token story of something was taken from me and and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to go settle the score kind of thing, you know, like I just love it. And it's a genre that has almost disappeared, but uh, it, it was so widespread uh, in the late 70s and uh, throughout the 80s and into the 90s. You know, a lot of people say Death Wish is like the iconic one. And I'd say, yeah, I mean, that kind of embodies everything, but it's just the whole trope. There's hundreds of them and there's so many of them and they each have their own little spin on on the story and whether it's, you know, protecting the turf or it's uh, saving somebody or, you know, just exacting revenge for something, you know, and each one's different, you know, like Rudger Hauer is going to be a blind guy with a sword, <laughs> but yeah, so that that's what brought me to the street cleaner thing, you know, is uh, I've always wanted to write mu- music for movies. And so I have a, a good friend of mine was telling me, well, why don't you do it? And I was like, I don't have a movie. And he's like, why do you need a movie? Just do it. Hmm. And so I came up with this uh, the idea of what what's the perfect movie that I would want to write a soundtrack for. And uh, obviously, the, you know, the genre was huge in the 80s. And, and I have a lot of old equipment laying around that already sounds dated. So I figured uh, I would take a stab at it. Lo and behold, I found there was a huge community of people that were all doing the similar thing in this genre that people were calling it synthwave or outrun or all sorts of stuff and and it was it was awesome and i was like this is it i found it my home why did you have uh, equipment laying around what were you doing before i've always been in music whether i was a keyboard player in some other person's band or a drummer or something like that i was never it was never my own project it was always being in other people's stuff and working on other people's projects and being in that guy's band and that kind of thing and and so i just accumulated stuff over time i'm a bit of a I was a bit of a hoarder, and uh, I recently shaken that and, and got rid of a lot of stuff. But uh, I just had a lot of uh, equipment that I've gathered over the years. Cheap synths, you know, um, inexpensive stuff. Uh, I didn't have any real iconic synthesizers laying around or anything like that. But uh, when you have a cheap rack mount synth or something, you know, like I have a, an Alesis QSR, it's not the easiest thing in the world to use, but you use it so much because it's the only thing you have that you end up becoming like it's like a part of you. And then I was already connected to this stuff and figured I'd just keep on going with it. Yeah, man. I'm a big fan of the movie The Crow. <laughs> Brandon Lee, little piece of honesty. This is normally your line in the show is, oh, you know, believe it or not, I've never seen it. But mm. that's that's going to be my line right now. I've never seen The Crow. It's Vigilante Justice from Beyond the Grave. Yeah, but you know, it's one of those things where the fan club turned me off. You know, like it, it may be amazing, but like being in high school in the 90s when that movie had its little video resurgence and all these kids coming to school with the crow makeup on their face and with <laughs> crow this and crow that. I was like, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with that movie. I'm just going to stay away from that. Did you go to a big school? Uh, yeah, yeah. Went to a pretty big high school. What was the uh, number of students? That I don't know. I could get my Google on right now and see what's going on there, but it's been 20 years. I feel as though that's got to be a pretty big school for kids to think they can come to school dressed like the crow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I went to yeah. a small school. If someone came fucking painted up like the crow, like... 
I don't know that it would fly necessarily. Yeah, there was a lot of them. This is the early Juggalo era too, and Insane Clown Posse may have had one or two albums out, and so those guys started uh, coming in too with their layered out pants and stuff. And I hate the word Juggalo, and I hate what it represents. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that sounds like something my mom would say. <laughs> oh, I hate that you hang out with those Juggalo boys. Well, it's, I, I, don't, I just wanted to be clear that if I said I hate the word Juggalo, I also, it goes deeper than that. <laughs> just in case people were confused. You're a specific kind of vigilante that hunts Juggalos. Yeah, man. That's the movie I'll make. <laughs> Fucking Jug Hunter. Jug Hunter? Hmm. Looks like this big jug is going yeah, down. Yeah, sorry. I just, I'm realizing now that it doesn't mean what I think it means. You can make two movies with that title. Yeah, it would work for yeah. both. I'll make the one about hunting juggalos and the porn parody. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Whatever happened to using words like jugs? Like, <laughs> I, was watching Married with Ch- <laughs> I was watching Married with Children the other day. Not that I was actively watching it, but it was just like, it was on. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it here. And he, he had a had a magazine called Big Jugs or something like that. There is a magazine. I think there's a legitimate magazine called Jugs. Yeah, Jugs. And I was like, whatever happened to calling them Jugs and Hooters? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I never really used the word Jugs, but it's it is funny to me. But I think it elicits a certain type of breast. Big okay, Jug. Maybe I just don't see enough Jugs <laughs> in life to actually like warrant the use of the phrase. You need more Jugs in your life. Maybe. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I require more jugs yeah. for my house. Bring me all the jugs. <laughs> Excellent. You call your receptionist or uh, your uh, secretary and be like, uh, cancel my 3 a.m. jug appointment. Yeah, but I know we're living in a new era, man. Yeah. You can't be saying the word jugs around your secretary or you'll be fired. Your secretary can be a dude. Come on. Be open-minded. Oh, here. you got me. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> double burn. I'm the sexist. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Nice play, man. That was quick. Thank you. Anyway, look, on that note, let's listen to some more music by Street Cleaners. So we're moving forward to 2016, the album Slade. Uh, and we're going to listen to this track called Vultures by Street Cleaner.
Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Almost everyone has. It can be completely devastating to those on meager incomes. The criminal's mentality is simply, your loss with my gain. These people are the lowlifes of society, preying like vultures upon the unsuspecting. was Street Cleaner with the track Vultures. And I'm here with Street Cleaner right now, Mr. Jesse Bishop, who has something to say. I do. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to talk about Vultures real quick. Vultures was uh, my first time in, I I made a vow to myself that I wasn't going to be using voice clips from movies. I wasn't going to do that. So I I refrained from it for the first album, uh, the second album, Payback. There's no movie samples in uh, Shutdown. There's some some audio that I gathered myself that I put in there. But I broke that with Vultures, is the, the song that broke that, because I found the perfect audio clip from Faces of Death, I ended up talking to Color Theory. For some reason, we started talking about Faces of Death because I was concerned about about how the internet might be affecting the minds of the children. And then we started talking about Faces of Death because I'd only ever seen a few clips of one Faces of Death tape. I remember because my local video store had one. And I just was thinking like, wow, because those are such a big deal back in the day. But I'm fairly certain like, you know, I've seen worse things that just people post on Facebook and like you just have no choice. Like it's just like, hey, here's a horrible video. And it's just like, yeah, thanks. Or you're you're scrolling through your feed and uh, a video of Marco pops up and just first thing out of his mouth is, Hey, cunts! Yeah, no. It's like, my, oh, well, I wasn't in the library right now. Okay. My my favorite uh, <laughs> Marco one was he started one video, but, like, the video cut off the hey part. It just cunts. Yeah, yeah, and, like, and that's my favorite one, is it just starts with him. It, he was playing a video game. He was, like, trying to beat some old Atari game that he played when he was a kid. And then the video just starts just like, cunts, like that. And it's like, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's such an amazing way for a video to start. Anyway, so you got this clip on vultures. Uh, yeah, from Faces of Death. Across the street from my house uh, was a one of those mom and pop video rental stores, which was a blessing for me because I was so obsessed with movies. Hmm. And uh, the guy that ran it, he opened it and closed it every day. His name was Max. He was just this old guy that didn't, he didn't care. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, kind of thing. Smoking inside the store and all that, you know. Max would let me, basically, I had like a revolving door of like, I didn't pay for movies and if they were old like bottom shelf movies you know the ones that were sitting in the window where the sun is just bleached half of the cover off of it you know oh yeah he didn't make me pay for those because he you know i was the town movie kid you know so i would come in and just grab movies and stuff and then uh i knew that there was a section that i wasn't supposed to be grabbing movies from you know mm. and there was faces of death one two three and four uh, sitting down there and uh, I just walked in there and I brought in the tape and I, I wouldn't just give it back to him I'd put it back on the shelf where it belonged you know and then I grabbed Faces of Death uh, one and uh, I was like alright I'm taking this one and he's like yeah 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 bring it back tomorrow and uh, I went home and I watched it and I was just like jaw drop like what on earth like I felt cold and weird I had like a similar effect to the first time you see a porno movie you know it's just that weird like what the you know kind of <laughs> so immediately once it was done I ejected it ran back and just swapped it out. And I watched all four before my parents got home that day. And uh, <laughs> I think I saw a bit of three because it was the one where they were like eating monkey brain, but there's like a monkey. I think they eat monkey brain in every single one. I think it's just like they have this footage. It's shocking. Let's eat up the clock. A but it, bit, it looked know? fake to me. Like even at the oh, time, yeah. I remember like, is this fake? So I, I was really confused about Faces of Death because some of this stuff felt fake and then they would show weird footage of like some guy just getting blown away by cops. <laughs> some dude would like come out of the front door and then he just gets shot and fall over and i was like okay that felt real i, I looked it up on wikipedia recently and uh, you know if, if wikipedia is true basically so all the video where they're like dragging a bloated corpse out of out of a lake or something like that that's real but then the scenes were like there's a guy holding a knife to a woman's throat and saying like don't come any closer i'll get her and then the cops would come closer and he like slits her throat those are fake. Okay. You know, they're, they're they're all staged. You know, the eating the monkey brains thing are fake. You know, they, they fake that. The shock value. Sure. But uh, that guy was just a great voiceover artist, you know, um, and I, unintentionally maybe, but just he just had that weird, creepy, you could hear his teeth through the microphone, you know, just, you know, when he talked, it was... Yeah, and so I, I found that clip and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to fit vultures. This is going to be perfect. We, we get our inspiration from many strange
And that was Slade version 2 by Street Cleaner. And I'm here with Street Cleaner right now. And I don't know why this just popped in my head, but your story of the local video store just reminded me of our local video store when I was in my town I grew up in, which was run by this strange little man called Mick. And we used to get posters from him. And then that triggered the memory of... Playing Mortal Kombat 1 on the SNES. And on that version, if you uppercutted Sonya into the pit, they didn't have the audio sample of her scream, so she just screams like a man. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, uh, that's my random thought of the day for you. Speaking of, okay, all right, I'll make this one real quick. So Midway, somebody took the soundboard, the PCB from NBA Jam, and they put it on top of a Mortal Kombat arcade Board, right? The soundboard is what holds all the sound effects and stuff like that. You know, all the huh, ha, huh, you know, stuff like that. Mm. So they replaced the soundboard for Mortal Kombat with the NBA Jam soundboard. And you can Google this, it's or YouTube, but it's hilarious. So it's regular Mortal Kombat, only all of the sounds are either slam dunk, nuggets, <laughs> bowl, Jordan, 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 nuggets. Oh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Fucking nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> nuggets is another I just like, stupid I just word. like hearing hearing Kano shout nuggets when he uppercuts people. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nuggets. That's what I'm about right there. It was only in the Super Nintendo one, though. I don't think it was an arcade flaw yeah. of the, the Sony Into the Pit one. Like, I think they were saving whatever memory they could. And I, maybe they just figured that no one would ever uppercut her into the pit. Yeah. I'm always curious about that. I'd like to go back in time to when these people, like, localize the games for different systems. and It got down to, like, two kilobytes. And they're like, hey, we this won't fit on the ROM. Yeah. It's two kilobytes too big. And they're like, let's find the least important file we can on here. But then sometimes there was games where they actually had sounds that just were never put into the game, but they were on the cartridge. Because I remember that, you know, I'd be playing games and I'd go to the sound test and there would be like a song that wasn't in the game. Either they forgot to put it in or it was like a bonus. And there was even sound effects too, because I remember in all my references are always Mortal Kombat, but like in Mortal Kombat 3, when you do the sound test, you could do all the sound effects and all the punches and the, the people sounds and stuff. They're called people sounds. And Kung Lao, when he fucking would grab the guy and flip him, he did this sort of like this, <laughs> but in the actual game, he didn't make the sound, but the sound was in the sound test. Oh, man. And I was always like, man, why didn't they fucking put that sound in? You Jesse had Bishop? one job, Keith. Yeah. Keith, you had one job. <laughs> Although back then, I, I'm assuming it was a lot more complicated than it is now to put the sounds in the thing. I imagine, like, Keith is there with, like, 15 cables and, like, eight different machines <laughs> to, like, connect the sound effects to the he's moves. Pulling his hair out. He's sad. His wife's divorcing him. It's like... <laughs> oh, Keith, poor guy. My bad, Keith. I'm sorry. Hey, man. Keith became the president of the company, so we don't need to feel sorry Keith for him. In Mortal Kombat, you didn't, you had like a, yeah, you had like a fantastic Mortal Kombat interview. Dan Forden. Toasty. Yeah, the Toasty guy. Yeah, Dan. So that was that's, cool. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Talk about punching up. You're punching down right now talking to Street Cleaner. You could have had Dan Forden on here again. No, I was, I don't know what else <laughs> I'd have to say. Because I, I mean, I turned to like a fanboy. What's your favorite color, Dan? I did message him the other day with a pretty fan-ish question, <laughs> but he answered me, which is kind of him, because I was wondering, I was just like, how come you guys haven't put out like a Mortal Kombat anthology game yet? And I know he's the wrong guy to ask, but I'm just like, hey, he's the only guy. He's the only guy you could. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can message. I mean, like, if I had like fucking Ed Boone's email, like fucking put out an anthology series already. Fuck's sakes. 
Street Fighter just did. I envy Ed Boon in a way. Like, you know, every everybody who's into video games, I guess, you know, knows Ed Boon and what he's accomplished and all this stuff. But at the same time, like, I'm thinking really hard and I cannot really picture his face that well. There's chances are I went to conventions and stuff where I could have sat next to him and they had lunch and had no idea. Yeah, I mean, I would recognize him because I've watched, like, lots of behind-the-scenes shit. Yeah. But, uh... But all this pales in comparison to uh, listening to more music. Yeah. So uh, this track I've played a few times on the show. Once actually by accident because I didn't. I forgot that Marco played it like a few weeks earlier. But uh, <laughs> it's a cool song, and it is "Bitches Leave" Woo! by Rev- I was to say by Revenger. <laughs> Bitches Leave <laughs> by Street Cleaner. Bitches leave.
And that was Bitches Leave by Street Cleaner. I'm here with Street Cleaner right now, Mr. Jesse Bishop. And um, that's a cool song, man. And it's a great Thanks. sample, obviously. Yeah, I've, I actually I heard it on there twice. Mm-hmm. I was so stoked to hear it the first time. And then the second time came out of the blue. And I was like, I don't remember you ever really playing the same song more than once in such a short period of time but yeah that was I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you like it that much yeah it's it's a weird thing to say because it it's a cool song it was a mistake I probably shouldn't have done that but because now I have a list uh, Beyond Synth listener Fraser Davidson has made me a list and so now if I feel like I'm like have I played that song before and I go to the list and I I can make sure I don't uh, uh, do that but it's a cool song nonetheless so it doesn't matter and Lou Rinaldi was yeah, happy I, about it last year last October I went on a, uh, a tour uh, the uh, Dream Warriors tour with The Encounter Facehugger and Protector 101 mm. and when you play with the same group of people you know every night you tend to start memorizing their sets and I realized that I was not only the only person that did not have a RoboCop song in their set but I was the only person that didn't have a RoboCop song <laughs> and I was just I was like I don't know I'm not saying I'm the biggest RoboCop fan but like I'm I, I mean that goes right up there with my genre that I love I mean I, I love RoboCop more than any other movie it's my favorite movie and I'm like how is it that I haven't done a RoboCop song so I asked him like okay guys I need you all to brainstorm for me please tell me that no one has used Bitches Leave yet and so nobody can think okay is it, is, no, 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 okay this guy no okay all right I'm using Bitches Leave. The moment I got back home, like, you know, it's like, okay, hi, dog. You know, get in the house, boom, 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 sit in front of the setup and start, like, I'm writing Bitches Leave. This is happening right now. Got that done in November of last year, and then I uh, sat on it for four months with a few other tracks for Revenger. If I did a RoboCop song, I think I would do, um, just give me my fucking phone call. (laughs) Just give me my fucking phone call. (laughs) And then the song would be all, like, about phone calls. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to stay away from all the I'd buy that for dollars and I like it and all that other, you know, all the ones that people know and wanted to, to use something that was a deeper cut, I guess you could say, something that somebody might not want to use. What's really great about that song, so I've been playing every show that I've played since, let's say for the last eight months, that song has been in my set. People have heard it enough, people that might be at shows that haven't necessarily gone out and gotten any street cleaner stuff they know what's coming up you know and so like just to step back and throw my hands up and and hear you know everybody shout bitches leave and then boom (laughs) comes in it's a a great feeling i guess i've achieved what i was going for you know yeah well it's uh it works perfectly thank you (laughs) we should also mention i'm gonna play a sample uh you did a little trailer oh (laughs) yeah revenger and i did the voice I did a trailer yes. voice and I'm going to play the outtakes because I still have the file. <laughs> I still have it too. Because <laughs> they make oh me laugh God. when I go back and listen. So <laughs> to set the stage. I quote it. I still quote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You literally caught me at the exact right moment because a lot of times people email me or they message me and I don't even get a chance to read the damn message for like a week or whatever and you caught me at this time we're just like hey can you read this thing and I had a cold and I was just coming off my cold which is always the perfect time for me to do trailer voice (laughs) trailer voice about once a year I get a cold that fucks up my voice for three days and during those three days and I always forget to every year I go fucking just take advantage of this just record just random lines (laughs) right and I never do 
And so you messaged me right at that moment, and it just gave me an excuse to record stuff. And I know you deepened my voice. Like, I think you lowered it a bit. Oh, barely, barely, barely. But I was actually pretty happy with the tone of it in, like, the regular recording, because I was doing the rated R, the (laughs) Revenger. (laughs) And so we're going to listen now to these are the outtakes, because when I talk like that, it sounds weird to me, like to my own ears. And so it's almost like it makes me laugh that that voice is coming out of me. And I wish I could do that voice all the time like that would be amazing but i can't so yeah here's some here's some outtakes for the revenger trailer hello what drives a man to kill others sometimes it's greed sometimes it's jealousy but not this man because this time it's revenge revenger rated r this summer but not this man because this time it's revenge Revenger, rated R. (laughs) But not this man, because this time, it's revenge. (laughs) Sometimes it's boners, other times it's titties. This summer, one man finds revenge by murdering people he doesn't like. Revenger, rated T for teen. (laughs) <laughs> Those were some great outtakes. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, you can do it, Jesse. Oh, oh. My favorite, though, is the one where I go, uh, and this time it's revenge. And like I just. Revenge. And I start laughing because, like, it's just. You said, uh, maybe it's the boobies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I use that in, in my everyday life. Whenever somebody just says, uh, you know, oh, maybe it's the weather. And then yeah. in my head, I hear Andy's voice saying, sometimes it's the boobies. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it was fun to do. So that's the bottom line. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, speaking of Dream Warriors, we're doing it again. When? That's going to be early 2019, and uh, we're going to be doing the entire West Coast of the United States from Washington, from Seattle, down to San Diego, Hmm. and everywhere in between. Yeah, it's going to be the same crew. It's going to be Dream Warriors Part 2. It's going to be rad. Well, I'm glad that's actually happening after this episode will air, so people can... Yeah, right. Oftentimes, (laughs) I record these interviews like two, sometimes even more months before they air, and so everyone's always like, yeah, and and I got this thing coming out like now. Next week, I'm like, yeah, yeah. we're not gonna be. <laughs> you mean two months ago? Well, how about this? Let's move forward in time here to the album Heat Wave. Or is this an album or an EP? EP. It's uh, five tracks. An EP. This is Heat Wave, and this track is called Viper Force, featuring Future Hollow Tape.
And that was Viper Force by Street Cleaner, featuring Future Hollow Tape. And I'm here with Street Cleaner right now, Mr. Jesse Bishop. That's right, Mean Gene. Yeah, this joke never gets old. <laughs> this joke never gets old. <laughs> I'm going to keep on going. I like uh, that sound, Future Hollow Tape. He likes doing uh, those little solos with that sound. I, I can always recognize yeah. it when it's on. Uh... Ernest, Ernest was one of the first people that I uh, I met. I started Street Cleaner uh, five years ago, and Ernest was one of the few people that I talked to. I For the first maybe three and a half years, I was kind of... Uh, an outsider. I felt like I was an outsider looking in. And Ernest is half a future holotape, by the way, for listeners. But he's one of the few people that I talked to. And, and he lives uh, about two hours away from me. And it was neat knowing that there was somebody geographically close. And we've always talked about working together or working on some stuff. We finally got to play a sh- couple shows together earlier this year. You know, one of them was great. Future Holotape and I uh, got to play the whiskey. Sold out. It was amazing. It was it was awesome. Probably one of the, the loudest shows of my life. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we finally got around to it. I was uh, working on a track and I thought, you know, you know what would be great on this is one of Ernest's signature sounds, you know. And so I just hit him up at the right time, the same way I hit you up at the right time. And, he, you know, he knocked it out of the park. It was great. I woke up the next morning and was just like oh my god what did you do <laughs> this is amazing so getting to work on a track with Ernest was really awesome so uh, about the the EP question I actually uh hardware and heatwave was all one album I was working on a on an album and uh my friend says uh this is great and all but it's got serious bipolar disorder I feel like a lot of artists have diverged a little bit into like going heavy heavy and then going super 80s I like to walk the fence and and stay right there in the middle but I had I just decided rather than releasing an album, split it into two albums. Have the the more classic street cleaner sound on Heatwave, and then uh, the more current stuff that I've been working on, like Revenger and stuff like that, go towards hardware. Cool story, man. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What do you do for fun over there? Do you have, do you have do time I to do? have fun? Yeah, man. Uh, I like video games. I got a dog and some kids. <laughs> <laughs> I just make music, man. That's what I do. It's my hobby. It's my thing. How many kids do you have? I have two, a five-year-old and a nine-year-old. My son is seven. So I don't know, is there like any weird, do they become like jerks when they're nine or is it pretty much the same? (laughs) He wants to argue everything. He's at that stage now where he wants to question absolutely everything. And it'll be like, you know, hey, close the door. Why? Because the air conditioner's on, close the door. Like I should, like, because I'm your dad. (laughs) (laughs) The order was to close the door. (laughs) Little brother. Everything and every walk of life, he's just got to question everything. And, and, you know, when I I try to tell him to stop doing something, the very first thing out of his mouth is, I was just, I was just, I'm like, no more, I was just. I don't care what you were just. (laughs) You was just about to stop it. So stop. Yeah, that's classic, man. My son does that all the time. And it's always too, like, he literally hogs the PlayStation plays it all day and then when i finally tell him like all right man it's bedtime or it's time to eat just like but i was just doing the thing i'm like dude you've been playing for five hours like just like (laughs) fucking my turn hey you know what something's a little bit different when when you and i were kids and we wanted to see ren and stimpy we had to go to the tv make sure it wasn't occupied by somebody else at a specific day at a specific time to see a random episode kids these days you just (laughs) hop on freaking the internet you could watch any episode of anything at any point in time and so, like, with that said, like, I used to pitch a fit when my mom would be like, hey, go pick up the dog shit in the backyard. I'd be like, but mom, I've been waiting all day for this episode of, you know, the Brothers Grunt to come on MTV or Eon Flux or something. Like, this is 
the half an hour of the week that this is on. Yeah. She'd be like, I don't, I don't care, you know, do this. Nowadays, you know, it will always be there. When you're done picking up the dog crap in the backyard, when you come back, what you wanted to watch will still be there. I didn't get that luxury. Yeah, for me, it was video games where you couldn't save. Uh, that was the big one for me, man. Like when I got Turok 2 on the N64 <laughs> and... Okay, I was warned that you were going to talk about Nintendo 64. Did I warn you? <laughs> no. I think... I think <laughs> That's a warning that always comes with this show. But Turok 2, man, it had these giant levels, and you just couldn't save whenever you wanted. You had to get to these, like, save points. Yeah. And the levels were also kind of maze-like. They were very large and maze-like. And so I remember there was periods of time where you'd just be playing for an hour, and there was just no save point. And then uh, those times where my dad would be like, all right, man, it's dinner. You got to get down here. My dad used to fucking flip the fuse. Oh, my God. So if I didn't come downstairs and then he got fed up with the fact that I wasn't uh, going downstairs, man, he just went into the basement and just fucking flipped the fuse for like that side of the house. (laughs) How do you like that? Yeah. (laughs) How do you like that, Andy? No power, no heat, no water. That's what you get for playing your Turrox. Yeah. You couldn't do that now because everything is so interconnected. Like if I turned off a fuse now, it would just be like, hey, man, now the fucking micro chip and the toaster blew up or whatever i don't know yeah yeah absolutely and plus like last weekend i took my uh, my kids to vegas for the very first time and i remember going to vegas for the first time as a nine-year-old you know and when we pulled in just seeing all the lights just being like oh my god i can't believe this place exists like i likened it to toontown from roger rabbit it was just like this is real this is amazing and my mind was just blown i remember when i went to vegas uh i got blown by hookers <laughs> I see what you did there. Mm, it wasn't yeah. worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Misogyny. Um, so, hey, man, no, so, didn't say it was a lady hooker. Now who's oh sexist? Ugh, right back on me. That hurts. That hurts. <laughs> what a way to tie this conversation together. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> anyway, go on. Tell your story about your kids. <laughs> well, and, and here's my nine-year-old son, which I'm expecting to be glued to the car window. He does not care. He's playing Loco Roco on the PSP, and that's all he wants to do. Mm. And I'm like, look out the window. Look, there is a freaking castle right there. There's a Statue of Liberty right there. What is that? The Eiffel Tower? Look at this stuff. And he's like, I'm almost to the next level. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that instead, Dad. You, you little shit. Like yeah. this drive was not easy. <laughs> It was 122 degrees in, in the desert on the way here. This was not fun. What were you going to do? Were you just going to go gamble? Are you a gambling man? Went there for the kids. No, I don't gamble. I, I don't want to insult anybody who does gamble, but gambling's dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Like the, the, the entire system of gambling, uh, other than sports betting, which is a neat little hobby, but like the whole point of gambling is to lose money. No casino's like, yeah, we're going to build this huge, huge casino and we're going to give everybody money. Like, that doesn't exist. The odds are stacked against you 100% of the time. Yeah, but but well, I will win. Oh, yeah. Right? I am smarter. See, I know to hit the button at this time, and I know that it's my turn now. Look, I saw an article in the margins of a website I was visiting that said there's a trick they don't want you to know, and it showed this lady in front of, like, a slot machine. So I know that if I try and find that article again, I'm going to find out that trick they don't want me to know. They, uh, I'm sure that the casinos do not want you to know that. Sponsored by MGM. Yeah. 
<laughs> they don't want you to know how great the savings are. <laughs> exactly. I never clicked on it. Do you lament it? Like, do you lose sleep at night? Well, no, because there's every time I go to those clickbait articles, oh, this is the dumbest thing I'm ever going to say, they're a little deceptive, Jesse oh, Bishop. Man. Sometimes they don't really talk about what they say they're going to, because there's this one that shows this chick who's like in like a gymnastics outfit on her back, and the clickbait headline is always like, she didn't know why the crowd was looking at her, and I'm like, oh, are we going to see some pictures of some boobs or something? So I click on it, and then like that picture wasn't even in the series. <laughs> right. I was like, fuck you. It's the same as, you know, when you go to YouTube, and it's like, hey, news anchor bloopers, and like it just shows this lady with big boobs, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see that blooper where her boobs fall out, and then like you look at the comments, though, and the top comment is always like, boobs at two minutes and 40 seconds, and then you can just click on that. <laughs> right? The thing is, there are much more efficient ways to see boobs, but I have a man brain. <laughs> Jugs. We call them jugs. (laughs) I clicked on a a clickbait article recently, and it was titled, um, you know, 25 hacks for video game consoles, classic and new. Mm. And I was like, okay, I want to see what these hacks are. What are these magical hacks? And it was like, here's a hack for you. You can put an Atari 2600 game into an Atari 7800, and it'll play. I'm like, yeah, that was an advertised feature. (laughs) Here's another one for you. If you blow into a Nintendo cartridge, it might work if it didn't already. <laughs> okay, what's next? What you got for me here? Yeah, it, m- it must have been more like, uh, hey man, I got like two video game hacks. And then like the editor at the fucking Waste of Time <laughs> website, it's like... I just imagine he's got a mustache and a cigar and he's like, give me 23 more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. make it 25, kid, and maybe you got yourself a deal. And then like ashes the cigar out on the kid's face. <laughs> Listen, I want to listen to another song. So here's another one from Heatwave, which I dug, and this one's called The Legend Lives On, featuring Facehugger.
And that was The Legend Lives On by Street Cleaner featuring Facehugger. A lot of errs. Uh, and I'm back here with uh, with Street Cleaner right now, Mr. Jesse Bishop. Albert, Albert, Facehugger, radical dude. I was working on that track. It was freaking awesome. That was great. I finally got to uh, do a Street Cleaner song with him. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sometimes I <laughs> sometimes I try and practice not interrupting people. No, you you need to. Please. Sometimes it pays <laughs> I off. I don't know, you know how to finish my sentences if you don't interrupt me. Just, <laughs> well, you never know, right? Oftentimes I I like sidetrack a person, and I know like I I <laughs> knock them off their train of thought, and then sometimes it's like I'm going to give this breathing room and see what this guy has to say, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, I made the song and it was good. What do you think about the World Cup? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How about that Bitcoin, huh? Bitcoin. Yeah, no one's talking about Bitcoin today. Remember Bitcoin was people were talking about it like a month ago? Technically three months ago. Is that a thing? I don't know. I'm actually trying to make myself a little bit healthier by not clicking on my Facebook feed or my Twitter feed. Wow. Yeah, so I'm just looking at notifications now because it makes me mad. I've got this weird thing that happens in my brain. I love social media. This is great. I can go and talk to things and... I mean, people and read things and, and everything's good. And, you know, it's a good way to kill some time. And, you know, I uh, got some downtime. That's what's on Twitter, that kind of thing. And it's fun. But then once in a blue moon, somebody will be throwing shade at me. Mm. And they're like, they don't know me. They don't know. So a lot of times it's they don't realize I'm going to find it and read it. Not that I vanity search that often, but I'll come across stuff. It's hard not to say something. Like, I want to say something. I want to be like, listen here, bozo. You got it all wrong. You know? Wait, you mean people are talking shit about Street Cleaner? Oh, fuck yeah. They're out there, man. Back in 2014, I, I covered uh, the theme song to Project Aiko, for example. Mm. And uh, it's an anime movie from the 80s. And uh, I covered it, you know, and I had Viking Guitar did work on it, too. It was, it was really fun. And I put it up there as a little single, you know, and I, I put, you know, who, who wrote the song, you know, links everything you know um i didn't take any credit for writing the songs because they cover and uh, somebody grabbed it and uh, uploaded it on youtube and they linked back to me which is awesome thumbs up if you're gonna use my stuff you know link back to me and uh the comment section what a ripoff he's taking credit for this and oh this is plagiarism and blah 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 it's like what whoa whoa <laughs> what, what 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 fuck sakes yeah but it's hard not to say something so i just you know that's see what I mean. If you don't interrupt me, I'm just going to drop off right there. No, it's a. Uh, I feel that same feeling. It's tough because even though like people will say kind things to me about me and the show, there'll always be that one comment that fucking will stick in my craw. That's the expression, right? And it reminds me, I have to clean my craw. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time for this show, it's people who don't understand the format of the show. So usually the complaints are like, stop talking. (laughs) Why is there so much talking? You know, like that's usually the one. It's always some random person that stumbles on the show, hasn't listened to any other episode, says a mean thing, and then just disappears. Oh my God, it just disappeared. It's a ghost car. There are ghost cars all over these highways, you know. Hold me. Only if you hold me. Well, listen, dude, we can probably fucking wind this down. You know, we've been talking for a while here. Seems like it's been five minutes and 58 seconds. You know, it's a very exciting thing to sit and chat with another person. Another human. You know, we're always so fixated on our digital devices, man. And then we forget the joy that comes from genuine human interaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, real quick, real quick. Why do people treat me like I'm a weirdo when I call them? You mean on the telephone? More often than not, I'm like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm going to call this guy. 
And, you know, like, I, I got something to say to this guy. I'm going to call him up. And, like, it'll go to voicemail. And then I'll, I'll be like, okay, so I'll hang the phone up. And immediately I'll get a text message that says, yo, what up? Yeah, I don't know what that is because I really like talking on the phone. When I was younger, I used to love talking on the phone. Like I used to phone. I mean, that was pretty much my evening was always get home from school and phone all of my friends and talk on the phone. (laughs) Don't you wish you had those conversations recorded to listen to? No, they're probably (laughs) stupid. I would love to know what I talked about when I was 14 years old for like three and a half hours on the phone. Yeah. I'd love to know what that was. I'm sure it must have been dumb. It had to be. I mean, like, what I say now is stupid, so I can only imagine what I said when I was, like, 14 must have been doubly stupid. But it's weird. I've always just liked talking on the phone. I mean, that's kind of, like, why I like doing this show. It's sort of my excuse to talk to different people and just chit-chat. So I have a few friends now, like, in the scene who, like, will chat, you know, like, we Facebook chat and stuff. But it's maybe, like, five or six people. And those are the only ones who I can get away with just sort of calling without there being it without it being weird but yet I'm always open to people calling me like I don't mind and every so often it's really weird but I, I don't know if people are like surprised that I'm not put off by it because I remember like one day like lost years for some reason was going through this phoning people thing and he just randomly calls me and I was like <laughs> I'm just like hey man what's going on and we just talked and he'd never even been on the show he's never even been on the show so for me it's like I talked to Mike uh, Mendoza like we'll chat and Marco now that he's in the states because we're on the same time zone oh yeah it probably helps. But it's it's weird. Like, I've always just liked talking on the phone. But I do understand what you're saying. It's like people are, like, weirded out by the phone. Like, when you, when you talk on the phone, like, it's not all, like, cataloged. Not that I'm afraid of my own words coming back to haunt me. But at the same time, like, I, I just have this weird uneasiness knowing that there is a compendium of everything that I've spoken to other people in text form. It's my own personal paranoia, I guess. I mean, as goofy as I am on this show, I my sense of humor is much darker than that I keep on the program. I, uh, I find a lot of really dark things funny. So that's always a trick because I'll say those jokes like when I'm texting people or stuff like it's very sarcastic and dark. But I don't I don't know that it would fly if they were read back to me. You know, just like, did you say this? I'm like... <laughs> Yeah. Did you say you went to, you got a blowjob in uh, the Vegas <laughs> No, that's staying in. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, how about we listen to one more song and then we'll uh, say goodbye. How about that? Sounds great. So we're going to go over to Hardware and we're going to listen to this track called Thug Feast by Street Cleaner. Yeah.
that was Thug Feast by Street Cleaner. I'm here with Street Cleaner right now, Jesse Bishop. We're winding down. We had a lot of fun here today. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, normally, there a sentence would follow. <laughs> Not sure when this episode's going to go up, but uh, uh, if uh, anybody who's listening hasn't checked out Facehuggers' uh, most recent release, Sci-Fi Violence, um, it's a pretty rad album. It's got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to watch. Facehugger, de- you know, develop his sound over the. What are you doing promoting other people? What the hell is this? I produced the album, yo. What up? Okay, so it's kind of related. That's okay. <laughs> well, I guess I engineered it mastered it so uh, i worked with uh, albert pretty closely on uh getting everything up to snuff two tracks on it were mastered by uh the encounter it's good stuff i'd say you know check it out as far as street cleaner stuff goes heat wave and um hardware my two newest releases pick them up on Bandcamp or just listen to them on the spotify have you ever watched the movie hardware no it's got this rap song it's the end credits and it's like this song is like this is what you want this is what you get no it's not really a rap it's um it's kind of like an industrial song but it's got this line there like this is what you want this is what you get this is what you want oh. anyway sorry i saw the word hardware and was doing some association that's the way my brain works so the reason it was called hardware is because um the majority of those tracks were produced using mainly hardware synthesizers and using hardware which is a little little bit different than prior releases which were mostly software when i was dubbing them down i was calling the project files uh, hardware zero one kind of thing hardware zero zero two that kind of thing so when the name came about i was like this song just sounds like hardware hardware (laughs) <laughs> my favorite part is just like the slow fade of hardware 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 brother <laughs> brother <laughs> all right man well look it was fun chatting thanks brother thanks for having me on yeah nice to talk to you and uh hear your voice thanks for supporting beyond synth you're a cool guy thanks brother i love your show I listen to it as often as possible. One real quick thing before you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. So I uh, I had a show last February that I was going to play with uh, Syntax. Mm. And I hadn't seen Syntax in a long time before that. He's another San Diegan. I think he, you know, like, I feel like Syntax and I are the two, the two dudes from San Diego kind of thing. And so I wanted to surprise him uh, during my set by doing a cover of one of his songs. And so I worked a, a cover out and I, I did a cover of one of his songs, so a brief one. But I wanted to get clips of his voice, so I pulled up the episode he did with you, and I scrubbed the whole episode, and I just got random clips of James saying different things, and I pieced it together to create this, like, a floating James voice thing going on. <laughs> Unfortunately, I ended up not being able to play that night, so I wasn't able to throw that at him. But What'd you do with the song, man? Did it go away? Oh, no, it's it's sitting on uh, on my hard drive. I, a couple years ago, I put out a... Uh, B-Sides and Remixes Volume 1. I'd like to put out a B-Sides and Remixes Volume 2 soon. I've got uh, material on there. But, you know, it's like there's a reason that I didn't release some of these songs. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, the first B-Sides and Remixes, I mean, there's there's songs on there where I cringe thinking like, ah, I shouldn't have put that out there into the world. But uh, it is what it is. I, I end up having a folder with 30, 40 tracks on it that I never finished or didn't release or remixes I did for other people. And then I have to scrub through it and be like, eh, is this... Is this? Should I do this? I don't want no scrubs. A scrub is a man that can't get no love from me. <laughs> Isn't it weird that the lyrics of that song are in our heads? <laughs> You're, as a fellow 36-year-old, I could say <laughs> we were doomed. Like, what does that song have to do with me? Like, there's nothing... 
The song has nothing to do with me, and yet I can sit here and... <laughs> There's so much in this world that has nothing to do with us, but yet we were programmed <laughs> so well. I love what you do for me, Toyota. They haven't used that slogan for like 25 years yet. <laughs> it's there in my head forever. <laughs> Sitting in the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying, trying to, to holler, holler at, at me. me. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is going to go on forever. Hey, Andy. Yeah, man. You there? I'm here. (laughs) It was good, brother. Yeah, man. It was good to talk to you. You have a lovely day and keep on making music. Yeah. And that was Street Cleaner. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I had fun chatting with him. I do have to admit, there was a lot of stuff I cut out of this one because we had a lot of laughs. And I think some of it was sort of offensive. And so when I was listening back to it, not on his part, by the way, like I I have a dark sense of humor, as I mentioned during the show. And uh, there was a few moments where (laughs) it dipped in and I laughed really hard. Like I actually had to cut out something from this show where I laughed really hard and it was a really funny laugh coming out of me but sometimes when you edit a program it's like you cut out one thing and then later on in the show there's a thing that happens that references that first thing and then I'm left with a choice where I go okay this part's really funny but it's only funny if you were present for the other part and if the other part is gone now this just sounds weird and out of place and you might be like why is Andy laughing so hard at this part so it had to go but you know Jesse and I will always have the memories so Thank you very much for listening to Beyond Synth this week. Tune in next time. I'm not sure what show I'm going to air next week, so we'll keep that a surprise for now. I want to thank uh, Retro Revolutions uh, for sponsoring the show and also for Computer Magic for doing a new segment. Uh, next week, we'll be debuting another new segment. That's the one with Color Theory. Did I just hear a crazy laugh? I think my daughter's trying to break into the studio. I love you all. You're all very awesome people. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting the show. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.